Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. This week, it was all about one thing for the Trump White House. And I was fired in some way to change, or the endeavor was to change the way the Russia investigation was being conducted. No, not that. It was Infrastructure Week. Countless American industries, businesses, and jobs depend on rivers, runways, roads, and rails that are in dire and even desperate condition. While yesterday's testimony by former FBI Director James Comey had everyone talking, President Trump spent the week promoting his plan to rebuild the nation's roads and highways. And key to making this happen is getting billions of dollars in private investments. With me to explore how that would work and what it actually means are WNYC's Andrew Bernstein and Richard Beals with Reuters Breaking Views. And Richard, how would this actually work to have the private sector build bridges and repave crumbling highways? Right. Well, when it's a bridge, it's kind of easy to see how it works. If it's a toll bridge, anyone can collect the tolls and use the money to repair the bridge, to upgrade the bridge, to keep it running, and so on. That's, that's kind of something the private sector is very interested in doing. Because across. they would collect those tolls and that would pay off their investment? Yeah, so they'll, they'll put in a combination of you know, their own money and borrowed money, as, as always the case, and the tolls will pay for the maintenance of the road and for the bank interest and then give them a return. But is there money to be made doing this for them? No, absolutely there is. And especially these projects are very long term. Usually you'll, you'll take a road on or a bridge for 50, maybe 75 years. And insurance companies, pension funds, their liabilities are like that. They're very long. So they actually love these investments. And the returns are not that high, but they're you steady. Know, you know that you're going to get these tolls paid exactly. consistently over time. Well, Andrea, has this been done in this country before, and, and what were the results? So there are some public-private partnerships. There is this weekend the new Gothels Bridge between New Jersey and Staten Island, which is actually one of the biggest uh, that is just opening. And in this deal, there is an agreement for the Port Authority, which runs the bridge, to make annual payments to be a part of this public-private partnership. But There have been other projects in the country that have been sort of equivocal. And one of the problems with these things is how do you structure it? Obviously, the private capital wants to get the benefit back to themselves, but the government wants to make sure that a road functions like a road and it services people. So what happened, for example, in Indiana is that there was a flood and they opened all the tolls so people could evacuate, and then the state had to pay back the company for the lost revenue. So the devil is in the details in how you structure these things. So then what is the administration doing about actually trying to make this happen? Yeah, so that is the question on everybody's mind. And I probably spoke to a dozen people this week in government, in banking, uh, in the construction industry, and they are just baffled by the the lack of level of details. Here we are in the sixth month of the Trump presidency. He's been talking about this since literally the night he was elected. And then you have scenes like we had Monday in the White House where the president gathers people around him. He talks about the importance of streamlining air traffic control, which everybody agrees with. And then he opens up a document and he signs it. The question is who's getting the second. And he gathers members of Congress and officials around him and he starts handing out pens just like he's signing a bill. But but there's no bill. There's not even any legislation. There's just a statement of principles about how they think air traffic should be reorganized. And one of the things that I learned is they went around this week to, to airlines and government officials saying, Will you sign on to this? And people were like, Well, 
Give us more details. But obviously, Richard, financial firms, they think there's something worth signing on to because they've been amassing money. You look at Blackstone, which has been right. collecting they, a been lot waiting. of money to do this. They've, so what do they know that so, well, might be happening? They, they, they hope, like everybody else, right? They're, they are very eager for these investments. A lot of what they want to do is actually a negotiation with states and local governments. And in fact, if they could unblock that logjam, they, they don't need the federal government at all for a lot of these projects. Um, and that's a separate logjam. But yeah, they're on the sidelines. They see the crumbling roads and bridges. Clearly, whatever the different levels of government are doing, it's not enough because the infrastructure is falling behind. So they see an opportunity to step in, invest, make a return. And whether it's the federal or state and local governments, they're just kind of waiting for dams to break and, and the chance <laughs> so to, and, and the, so to speak, and the chance to invest some of this money. Not, not actual dams breaking. I mean, but I mean, I think it's really there's a structural problem here with the Trump administration proposal. And here's the problem: it's that private capital can play a role for sure, but there has to be some sort of government investment, particularly to pay for things like highways in South Dakota, where there are very few people. So in the areas that Trump drew his base from, rural areas where people are very sparsely populated, infrastructure isn't so profitable. So where they want to invest doesn't solve the campaign issue of we're going to create jobs. They don't create jobs in South Dakota. They create jobs in New York and New Jersey and Maryland. And then the other problem is at least for the last eight years or so, the Tea Party has been convincing Republicans in particular that spending on infrastructure is just a bad, bad idea. So there's this mindset, which is very much jailed in Washington, that you can't have public investment. And as a result, you can't depend entirely on a private sector. And you are where we are now, which is you have fake bill signings because the structural contradictions are so deep that it's hard to actually have a plan, even if you have a functioning White House. I will say, I think the air traffic control sort of quasi-privatization, it's not really fully full privatization is a great idea, but it's not a new idea. And it's hit every political roadblock possible along the way over the last 20 years. And so it's probably not the best clean sheet to start with, right? So in the little bit of time we have left, though, where does this leave us, the the commuters and the drivers and the flyers of America, uh, when it comes to really fixing our crumbling infrastructure? Well, I don't think you should be waiting for Donald Trump to do much. Maybe the thing to do is to be trying to do whatever you can more locally to get different kinds of funding, including the private sector involved in these projects, and and really try to keep the federal government out of it. Andrea? I was going to give a totally depressing answer, which is transportation Armageddon is here, but I like that answer better. Maybe state (laughs) and local governments can step into the breach and solve some of the problems that people are experiencing, like Governor Cuomo funding the MTA maintenance uh, before these systems go totally down the tubes. Well, Andrea Bernstein is WNYC's Senior Editor for Politics and Policy. And Richard Fields is Deputy Editor at Reuters Breaking Views. Thank you both for joining. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm Charlie Herman. And this is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC.